All right, guys, I was going to dedicate this show to talking about fertilizer shortages, food plants mysteriously burning down, or maybe even the head of the DHS admitting to releasing over 800,000 illegals into our country since January of 2021. But then the Supreme Court draft decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was leaked, and the country went into a frenzy. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and of course, we are going to be talking about, like I just said, that SCOTUS decision potential decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, what that means for abortion, what that means for women, and the reality of what that means for the entire country as a whole, because we already see the left melting down. We already see the media completely twisting everything. But before we get into the news, of course, if you like the show, please leave a thumbs up here on YouTube. The show can also be found on Rumble and Odyssey. And if you like listening to podcasts, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you do like the show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow in the chart, helps other people find our show. So go check that out. Go leave a five-star review if you do like it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on this historic day. Let's go ahead and jump straight into it with the Politico article that started everything. Now, this broke last night around 9 p.m. Central Time. I was sitting on my balcony doing some, you know, just news, news studying, news scrolling, kind of checking out Twitter, seeing what else I could add to our show. And then this story from Politico broke. The Supreme Court has voted to strike down Roe v. Wade, according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito and obtained by Politico. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled, Alito writes. And of course, the entire country went into a complete and utter frenzy. Now, typically, Initial drafts of what the Supreme Court is going to decide or rule on, because keep in mind, they are the highest law of the land, the highest court in the land that deals with a lot of these big federal cases. Typically, we don't see those decisions prematurely leaked. So many people wondering, why did this leak happen? And of course, many already speculating It's because the Democrats or the liberals, maybe a liberal who was aware of this happening, did not want Roe v. Wade to be overturned, so went ahead and leaked it. Now, what was the purpose of leaking a story this historic? What was the reason? Because look at the way that the left and liberals are already reacting. I want to go ahead and give you guys a little example of what the Supreme Court looked like last night as soon as this ruling well, potential ruling, because there have been no decisions made yet, as soon as this potential potential ruling was leaked out. So those are protesters outside of the Supreme Court last night in Washington, D.C., and of course they're chanting, fascist scum have got to go in response to the Supreme Court justices saying that they want to overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, of course, the media already twisting what this means, so we're going to talk about the reality of 
what this would entail. Uh, this is a piece from Axios. Supreme Court leak stuns nation. Now, this is the first time in history that this has ever happened. And uh, let's go ahead and read a little bit into this article from Axios. Everything about last night's leak draft on a Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade is staggering. Driving the news, Politico posted that story reporting that the court has voted to overturn and published a leaked draft of that majority opinion written by Samuel Alito, which he has since said is a legitimate draft. Yes, that is something that they were talking about and they were going to, uh, you know, potentially overturn. So the sweep of the ruling is staggering. If this is in fact how the court rules ultimately, abortion would immediately become illegal in at least 13 states and more would almost certainly follow. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys the truth about this since this Axios piece is already manipulating the reality of you know what this is. This is basically going to put the power back into individual states' hands on whether or not the state wants to allow abortion to be legal. So when it says, okay, it would immediately make abortion illegal in at least 13 states, these are states like Texas, like Arizona, uh, amongst other various red states who have already said and already passed legislation like the heartbeat bill here in Texas saying, hey, abortion is not going to happen here. So this is not uh, making abortion illegal in the entire country. And liberals are in a frenzy right now saying that this is an attack on women's rights, that this is an attack on the nation, that this is horrible, that women are going to have less rights now than they would have 50 years ago, which is an absolute falsity, if you will. I don't even know if that's a word, falsehood, uh, because that's not what this is doing. If they overturn Roe v. Wade, it would basically put the power back into the state's hands, a.k.a. democracy, right? the people in individual states would vote. Hey, do we want abortion to be legal in our state or not? And then because the left loves democracy so much, those people would democratically decide who they would like to elect and what they want those elected officials to pass in their state. AKA, you can live in a, a state like California where, hey, maybe you can kill your baby seven days out of the womb and everybody's a-okay with it. Taxpayer dollars going to funding the murder of innocent babies. Or maybe you want to uh, live in a state like Texas where we're like, hey, no abortion. Absolutely not. If there's a heartbeat, uh, no. We're not doing it. I don't even think that's far enough. I think that abortion should be completely outlawed in Texas. I don't even like the term abortion rights because abortion is not a right. Abortion is murder. So uh, there you guys go there. What about the women in the womb, right? What about their rights? Nobody cares about that. Going back to this piece, though, uh, you know, they go in to say women in some parts of the country, particularly the South, would have to travel hundreds of miles to reach an abortion clinic that would disproportionately disadvantage poor women and women of color. Now, I want to let you guys know what's going to happen because one, it's an election year. Did I think that election year was going to go this hard specifically because it's just the midterms? It's not a presidential election. No, but is it going this hard? Yes. And why is that? It's because uh, Republicans have a very good chance of taking back the Senate and having power of the House again. Um, so, of course, people are up in a frenzy. Over the past month, we've seen the libs upset about Ukraine. People are still upset about COVID. They were mad about Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. And now we have the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade. So I just want to take a moment to say how excited I am because it really felt for a very, very long time like the left was winning, like evil in this country was being allowed to prosper and was being... Um, 
pushed on every single one. It was being encouraged by our government, by our fellow man. So to see these types of moves being made is incredible. And I absolutely love to see it. Going back into this article, uh, it says the ruling's rhetoric is staggering. This draft, which is not necessarily final, but which is labeled as a an opinion of the court, does not adopt any sort of reasonable people differ, but here's the law approach. It is broadside. And then the leak itself is staggering because this is the first time in modern history that a ruling has leaked before the court issued it publicly. So uh, again, the reason they did this, the reason they wanted this leaked was because nobody on the left wants Roe v. Wade to be overturned. So what do they do? They activate their militia wing, BLM, the uh, pussy hat wearers, okay? The women's rights people, activists, whatever you want to call them. All of these people so radicalized and crazy that they will be yeah, essentially activated at the drop of the hat. I had posted this meme on my Instagram today and it was like, oh, the new NPC outrage just dropped. And it was a meme that had Ukraine and then it had face masks and then it had Twitter and Elon Musk and then it had the pussy hats. Uh, pardon my, you know, rhetoric there, but that's what they're called. The women's marchers wear them to, you know, stand up for women's rights. So the Supreme Court did confirm the authenticity of the draft opinion revealed last night by Politico, and the Chief Justice has ordered an investigation into the leak. This comes from Justice John Roberts, and it says, yesterday, a news organization published a copy of a draft opinion in a pending case. Justices circulate draft opinions internally as a routine and essential part of the court's confidential deliberative work. Although the document described in yesterday's reports is authentic, it does not represent a decision by the court or the final position of any member on the issues in the case. To the extent this betrayal of the confidences of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way but they are launching an investigation into who leaked this because the fact that we do have the Supreme Court, which again is supposed to be the highest court in our land, the fact that that in itself is no longer sacred is very sad to see. So the Supreme Court has responded to this. We've seen the left responding. I'm going to play you a little bit more B-roll here of the Supreme Court last night because you had um, anti- abortion activists, you know, uh, activists, we're going to call them pro-life and pro-death because like I said, uh, pro-choice, I don't like that word. What, what's the choice that you're making? Oh, pro, do I want to murder a child? Absolutely not. And you know what? I want to get ahead of every single argument too here because um, I have had this debate many a time. Many people will say, if you are pro-death penalty, then you can't be pro-life. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that you know, being sentenced to death for raping a child is much different than a baby being butchered in the womb, an innocent child. Remember the five babies that were found in Washington, D.C., the five that were mutilated. OK, they had their skulls crushed. They had their limbs torn apart and then they were thrown in a bucket. That was their grave. That is what abortion is. So to say, oh, if you're pro death penalty, then you can't be pro life in itself. False argument. And also all of these abortion advocates that are saying that this is going to disproportionately affect women that this is an assault on our rights. You are literally sad because you are not allowed to murder an innocent child. Now, women in this country are using abortion as birth control. And 
again, I've talked to many abortion activists, too, who say, well, that's a fringe minority. That's not how the average masses think. The fact that I can go to California and spend one hour on the street and get multiple people saying, yes, I believe you should be able to kill your baby seven days out of the womb shows me that this isn't a fringe minority issue, that this is actually women becoming so desensitized to what abortion really is, so lied to about what abortion really is, that they are now using it as a form of birth control. Remember the video that I played of the woman that I interviewed where she said, I will continue to get abortions and this is the decision that I will continue to make until I am ready to be a parent. So verifiably, women in this country using abortion as healthcare. So spare me your, oh, well, what about rape and incest? Very rare cases. And there's also cases of women who have been raped and have said, you know what? I had my baby. And although the baby was created in a horrible situation, this baby was one of the greatest things that's ever happened. This baby is a joy to my life and a miracle. And I love my child. And I never, you know, I I would not have been able to, Uh, commit an atrocity because an atrocity was committed against me. So uh, I'm going to give you guys another example of what the left is already doing just with the leak of this potential decision. So you guys can be aware of what will happen if Roe v. Wade is actually overturned. to my podcast listeners, what you are hearing is the pro-death advocates in front of the Supreme Court. You have some Catholic students that are praying the rosary. They are there to stand up for life. And of course, these people, these uh, pro-death advocates, they're so demonic. And so they'll go up to anybody that is pro-life and they'll go chant in their face and scream at them. And they go crazy. They are mentally insane. And if you think that, you know, I'm being dramatic with that, go watch the videos for yourself of these women that are in front of the Supreme Court right now, screaming their heads off because their rights are being taken taken away, which again, not what is happening in this country is abortion being completely outlawed. I wish it was, but unfortunately it is not. These same women can go to a different state. They can go to a blue state. They can go work for Amazon, which is now going to be paying people, uh, women, sorry, let me not be a leftist here and say pregnant people is going to be paying people, women who want to go get abortions up to $4,000 to travel to a different state to go get it done. So there's you know, other ways that women can go get their abortions if they feel they need to do that. And if it's that big of a deal for them. Uh, But remember, too, for the argument of like, oh, well, this is going to disproportionately affect women in the South. Many of these southern states have already passed bills like the heartbeat bill here in Texas that are already preventing them from being able to get an abortion after a certain extent. So a lot of these arguments that are going to be coming out of the left very easily debunked. We had the president, of course, the White House coming forward with their own statement. Uh, New, the White House releases a statement on reports that the Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. If the court does overturn Roe, it will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose, which, again, absolutely freaking ridiculous because... The individual states are already deciding on that and the elected officials are already deciding on that and individual states already have these rules in place. So it's ridiculous. Nancy Pelosi as well coming forward saying, if the report is accurate, the Supreme Court is poised to inflict the greatest restrictions of rights in the past 50 years, not just on women, but on all Americans. Because remember, my friends, we are not bigots on this show. Men can actually get pregnant too. So men, 
If you are pro-life, please remember that you actually can have an opinion on abortion because you can get pregnant too. So a good old Nancy Pelosi and then the White House coming forward on that. You also have media companies like The Daily Dot coming out with headlines like this one. Conservatives launch vigilante campaign to hunt down Supreme Court leaker. Monday night, Politico dropped a shocking scoop that reverberated across the nation. The news itself was shocking, even as a number of legal observers long warned the right-leaning court would strike down Roe when it had the chance. Uh, so basically, this article itself too because the justices are investigating who leaked this, because this is a very big thing that the deliberations of the Supreme Court are just being shared for all to hear and see. Keep in mind, you know, the justices came forward. John Roberts said this is not going to sway the court's opinion at all. But the reason it was leaked was so that way these justices would deal with, uh, you know, the extreme vitriol from the left, the death threats. We've seen it time and time again, maybe potentially would sway their decision. That's why they leaked this. It is a big deal that it has been leaked and it should definitely be investigated. But of course, the left being like, oh, I don't get why this is even, um, you know, being investigated and why the right wing is so concerned about finding out who did this. You guys are all pathetic. Uh, as Mike Cernovich points out, he says leaking a draft SCOTUS ruling is worse than January 6th. The court was the one institution where conservatives and liberals lived in peace and trust. You disagreed, but the trust was sacred. This completely destroys the court's inner workings, totally in shock right now. So maybe for some of us who don't understand the brevity of this situation and how important the Supreme Court really is, there are some, you know, who have been in politics for a long time trying to really help people understand uh, how horrible of a leak this really was. It's like, this is worse than January 6th. This is comparable to other uh, potential things that we've seen. Going back to the last response as well, uh, Ad Adam Kriegler posted this screenshot up from Amanda Duerte, who has since permanently deleted her Twitter account after putting this whopper of a tweet out. She was apparently a former actress. She says, I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers would feel if their little white daughters were raped and impregnated by black men. And then she went ahead and deleted her entire account. I wonder why racist much? Good Lord Jesus. Also, uh, just, uh, I can't. This is the left right here, okay? This is how insane and psychotic they are. These are the analogies that they're making. This is who they are. They're exposing themselves right now. So let them. It's a, a pretty insane thing to see if I do say so myself. We also have people like Ilhan Omar saying, so the Republican Party supports forcing women to give birth against their will, but opposes providing childcare, paid leave or health care. Got it. So again, just to quickly debunk this ridiculous tweet, the Republican Party is not forcing women to give birth against their will. There's a thing called birth control. There's a thing called condoms. There's multiple forms of birth control that you can take so that you don't get pregnant or you could abstain from sex. I was talking with my father about this this morning. And it's very sad to me that we live in a country that instead of, you know, pushing a lifestyle where it's like, hey, maybe you don't go have promiscuous sex with whoever you want. Maybe we push abstinence. No, in our culture and in our country, what is encouraged? Promiscuity, going out and having as many sexual partners as possible. So these women right now, and I wrote a long excerpt on my Instagram about this, but I basically said the women right now that are upset about this, they're genuinely upset, not because, like I already said, because of rape or incest cases. 
but because they were using abortion as a form of birth control because they don't want to take responsibility for their promiscuous lifestyle because they think that they are being forced to give birth. That's the mentality here. You're not being forced to do anything. You are the one having sex. So if you get pregnant because you are having sex, that is your responsibility and that is on you. Abstain from having sex. You won't get pregnant. It's as simple as that. And again, to the people in my comments were like, well, what about rape? Those women didn't choose to have sex. Very, very rare cases. And a lot of the women who have had kept their babies and said that their baby was a miracle that came out of a disastrous situation. So that's what's going on. Uh, we also have people like Steve Monticelli, who is a Daily Beast writer here in Dallas, who has a lot of fun spending his entire life trying to destroy the lives of others in the right wing who actually work for a living. Uh, so he says, I'm learning about international politics today. And then he retweets this tweet that reads, in Mexico, when abortion rights were up for debate, they marched to the presidential palace and attempted to burn it down. The Mexican government quickly decriminalized abortion nationwide soon after that. So here is another rabid leftist calling for us to potentially burn our government down, calling for what a uh, what the um, left actually likes to categorize as an insurrection. Remember, January 6th was worse than Pearl Harbor. It was comparable to 9-11, but abortion rights are being threatened. Go burn the Capitol down, baby. Yeah, that's totally fine. So uh, that's how the left is responding. And then now going into some of the rights responses and how people are pushing back against this, we have Nicole Perillet, who on Twitter shares her story of having an abortion. She says, I had my first abortion at 15 because I was told it was no big deal, a simple solution that would give me my life back. What I got was PTSD, anxiety, depression, and worse, all of which took years for me to place because everyone insisted abortion doesn't cause problems. At 18, I got pregnant again. And this time, even though I told them I couldn't handle another abortion, abortion, I was harassed, bullied, pressured, coerced, and threatened by family and Planned Parenthood staff into having one. I gave in and it nearly killed me. My recovery took years and years of therapy and inner healing from God, who incidentally I did not believe in before my abortion. I did not believe abortion was wrong at 15, did not believe that it was a life, and I did not know God, and yet I suffered. Because abortion is wrong for humanity, whether you believe in God or not, your faith or religion or lack thereof does not change the fact that abortion kill kills an, a living human being who is, con, who is growing inside a woman's body. And nothing changes the fact that abortion is violent and traumatic physiological experience for the baby and for the mom. It just so happens the only place I found the love and support I needed was in God and in the Christian community, perhaps because at the time, no other people would even acknowledge PTSD was caused by abortion. So these are the types of stories that, of course, uh, pro-death advocates overlook every single day. The amount of women that are permanently scarred have PTSD. Their bodies are destroyed. They almost die because of their abortions, even the abortion pill. They overlook all of those stories, similar to how the trans community refuses to acknowledge any of the young people who have detransitioned the abortion community does the same exact thing with women who say, I got an abortion and it was the most horrific thing I've ever been through. And I never want to do it again. So if Roe v. Wade is overturned, uh, apparently 26 states are will likely have abortion become illegal. According to the uh, 
Gutschmaker Institute, at least 22 states have laws in the book that would come into effect if Roe v. Wade is officially overturned. The organization also identified four more states that it expects to pass new abortion bans in the near future. There are nine states that have pre-Roe bans that will come back into effect if the decision is overturned. A total of 13 states have passed laws banning or severely limiting abortion since the landmark Supreme Court decision in 1973. So um, here's a map of some of those states. In red, you have near total bans. In yellow, you have time limit bans. And in green, you have likely to pass laws. So the near total bans, we have Arizona, we have um, Utah, Idaho, Texas, Oklahoma. We have so many states who are saying, hey, no abortion for us. But you know, you still have a, quite a few states on that map, like California, like New York, where abortion will be completely legal even post-birth. So uh, an idea here of if Roe v. Wade is overturned, what America could look like in the very near future. Now, many people are saying and will say, you know what, this is a big thing, but this is a distraction from all of the other big things that are happening. My good friend Jeremy from The Quartering puts this tweet out and it actually encapsulates very well um, the upcoming election, what it was going to be about, what it should have been about, and what it will now be about, aka Roe v. Wade and abortion, instead of the 2022 midterms becoming or focusing on lockdowns, inflation, Afghanistan, dementia, the immigration crisis, supply chain issues, and mandates. Those were key and pivotal issues that many Republicans were running on. You know, they were pushing back against the lockdowns. They were highlighting the inflation, how bad things have gotten under Joe Biden in his America, how poorly he handled the withdrawal of Afghanistan, how our troops were killed over there because of Joe Biden's decision making. And then remember, too, when their bodies were brought back to the U.S., Joe Biden was caught looking at his watch. The families of those deceased service members didn't even want Joe Biden there. The immigration crisis completely off the chain insane. I'll go into some of that here in a moment. But the midterms should have been about this. But they are now going to be about Roe v. Wade and abortion rights. Now, going into what I was actually going to make this this show about, because while Roe v. Wade, the, the Supreme Court potential decision, very important things, there's still a lot of other things going on, too. I was originally going to open the show with this meme that says your border shows the overrun and open borders we're experiencing. Your city shows the tent cities. Remember, I was in San Francisco. We saw people doing meth and fentanyl on the street. Your store shows empty grocery shelves. Your gas shows that $7 a gallon gas price in California and your president. And it is a laughing and gleeful Joe Biden. And if you're wondering, well, what was Joe Biden laughing about? I mean, homeboy laughs all the time. He has dementia for crying out loud. Well, he actually deliberately laughed about how horrible inflation is, how horrible America is doing at the White House Correspondents' Dinner that happened this past Saturday. Let's go ahead and watch. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. And, and sure. So there you guys go. If you're an American who is barely scraping by because of how Joe Biden is handling our country, he thinks it's funny. He thinks it's a joke. He thinks that, hey, you know what? I'm going to laugh at the expense of the Americans' lives that I'm ruining. Oh, and by the way, I'm also going to request to send $33 billion in aid 
to Ukraine. So if you guys thought that America, you know, was already in just a state of complete decay and degradation, well, we're also going to be sending our taxpayer dollars to the corrupt country of Ukraine to go help secure their borders. Uh, you know, keep in mind that ours, ours are being overrun right now, but that's completely fine. Nobody cares about that. So Biden asking Congress, and um, this was Last week that this broke, asking Congress for $33 billion in aid to Ukraine. Oh, and by the way, uh, Biden's $33 billion funding request for Ukraine gives DHS the authority to put Afghan refugees, spouses, and kids on a pathway to citizenship. Here's a little portion of that. It says adjustments of status. The Secretary of Homeland Security in the Secretary's discretion may adjust the status of an Afghan national described in subsection A whose parole has not been terminated to that of an individual lawfully admitted for permanent residence, provided that the Afghan national has been continuously physically, physically present in the United States, blah, blah, blah. And it goes into all of the um qualifications for that. But just another understanding of what Joe Biden is doing with our taxpayer dollars and um, also what they sneak into all of these bills. So Jack Posobiec put this video up and he said, we just sent $33 billion in militarized aid to Ukraine. Meanwhile, this is what Philadelphia looks like. And it is a video of the streets of Philadelphia looking like a straight up third world country. And are we surprised by this in the slightest? Absolutely not. Because you guys have watched my reporting. We've gone out on the street and we've reported that many of these Democrat-run cities in a complete state of decay. This is what is being allowed to prosper in this country. But don't worry, guys, if you were really losing hope about the absolute state of everything, we're sending $33 billion to Ukraine. So that should make you feel better. Remember that that's coming from the same administration who 10 days ago, Jen Psaki was saying, uh, to be clear, we're still recommending everyone wear masks on a plane. And then uh, here's a picture of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So I know that was kind of a weird jump from like Ukraine to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, but we're just really highlighting the hypocrisy of this entire administration, okay? We're highlighting how they'll say COVID is so bad, everybody's dying from it. And then they'll go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. They're packed full in a room, um, you know, making fun of Americans who are suffering from high inflation rates. This is the same administration who props up Dr. Fauci. Sean Spicer writes, Fauci bailed on attending the White House Correspondents' Dinner because of individual assessment to his risk. So he just went to the crowded pre-parties instead. Same guy who was like, well, I just can't go to that dinner because COVID is just such a big issue and everyone's being so irresponsible by gathering in groups. But also I'm going to go party with like the famous celebrities and like the poster pre-parties. Like that doesn't count, you guys. Like remember how BLM riots were not super spreader events, but Trump rallies were same science, you guys. It's the same science. So if you can't keep up, it's probably just because you're an idiot. Another thing coming out of this administration and just to highlight how evil all of these people really are from the Washington Post, some people with agoraphobia struggle as the pandemic wanes. So this basically is the phobia of going out in crowded spaces. And this article talks about how scared people are to go back out and socialize because of COVID. Now, what the average reader would get out of this article is, oh my gosh, like these poor people, like they just don't want to be around their fellow diseased, unvaccinated American. Like if everyone just got vaccinated, we wouldn't be having this problem. What I read and what I see when I read this type of article is, 
our government psychologically manipulated and tortured us for almost two for over two years to the point where people are now suffering from psychological disorders that will continue to enrich big pharma, the same big pharma that they were trying to enrich via forcing us all to take their vaccines. Do you see how that works, guys? You see, oh, the vaccines didn't work. So now let's just go ahead and capitalize on all the mental illness that we created by locking people up for two years. Real fun how that happens, isn't it? What else comes out of this administration that cares about America so much, that laughs in the face of you, the American citizen, who is dealing with record high gas prices and overrun border? You can't even buy a house because BlackRock is buying them up. Maybe your kid's a little bit dumb because they're being indoctrinated by Chinese-owned app TikTok. Yeah, well, all that is happening. The Biden administration is focused in on laughing at you about it. Um, and also creating a disinformation governance board via our Intel or DHS because misinformation is just so bad and scary. Uh, by the way, Nina Jankowitz, 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 I think it's Jankowitz because I, I was I remembered her name by being like, yeah, she's janky. She's jacked up. So that's how I remembered her last name. Um, this was a video that came out from the new elected head of the disinformation governance board. This is who is a part of the Biden administration. This is who is running our country. And uh, this is their thought process. Let's listen. Ever since I was a baby, I have had one dream in mind. And each Christmas, I think maybe it will finally come true. Okay, that's enough of that. Anyways, that is who the Biden administration is trying to elect to lead the disinformation governance board. That was a video of Nina Jankowicz, whatever the hell her last name is, from back in 2015. She thinks that all the world is a stage. And to be quite honest with you, what I view this as is just like a theater nerd who was bullied and now has unscrupulous amounts of power and is going to 100% abuse them. It's really funny because Jen Psaki, you know, came out in her press conference and this was yesterday and she was saying, well, the disinformation government board is really going to, um, you know, be fair. It's not going to be partisan. It's going to make sure that both sides are heard. No, it's not. No, it's not. We all know it's not. Let's not pretend that that's how it's going to be, especially when you have this person as the head. This is. Nina Jack Jankowitz's response to Taylor Lawrence after the Washington Post reporter docks libs of TikTok for having the audacity to post videos of rabid liberals on Twitter. Remember how Taylor Lawrence used the full force and billions behind the Washington Post to dox this poor woman who runs that account? And then good old Nina swooped in and said, I am so sorry, Taylor, we're with you. So if you guys needed any more examples of who this woman is and if this board is really going to be partisan like they say it is, absolutely not. Absolutely not.
So um, there you guys go. It's just, it's, it's really, it's really sad. It's really sad to see where we're currently at. Now, highlighting again, just uh, our media in the modern day, on top of the average American having to struggle with intelligence agencies trying to label us as domestic terrorists, uh, the DHS trying to create a disinformation governance board to monitor what we say and allowing the Biden administration to dictate what really is truth in the modern day. We also have reporters trying to take down Tucker Carlson because the man is so popular in this country because he actually tells the truth. He has the number one spot in cable news. So, of course, what do reporters have to do? I believe it was the New York Times who came out with this hit piece on Tucker Carlson. And I'll just go ahead and read off their tweet here. From the New York Times, Carlson's show set off arguments at Fox when he claimed South Africa's white farmers were being targeted in a wave of barbaric and horrifying murderers. A senior leader told executives Carlson ripped his story from sites like the neo-Nazi Daily Stormer. Now, Mike Cernovich puts this up because, again, there was a bunch of hit pieces going on about Tucker Carlson, how he was a white nationalist and he was super bad, this and that. And so Cernovich says nine reporters assigned to the Tucker Carlson case and apparently none of them thought to check to see if Tucker was reading about South African farm murderers in the New York Times. So then he puts up all of the headlines from the New York Times that read, killing of white farmer becomes a flashpoint in South Africa. New arrests and killing of white South African farmer. South African wine farmer in land dispute is shot dead. So the New York Times even reported on South African farm murders. But Tucker Carlson is a white nationalist, white supremacist because he reported on it. So the New York Times is allowed to, but Tucker Carlson isn't. Very interesting. Um, again, going into how just completely insane everything is, too. If you don't have the media trying to destroy you, you have insane leftist politicians like AOC trying to completely invert reality and make us all feel like we're living in clown worlds and crazy land. AOC, in response to Elon Musk, because this was a couple days ago before the Roe v. Wade news broke and everyone was still primarily mad about Elon Musk buying Twitter. How dare he? AOC said, tired of having to collectively stress about the explosion of hate crimes that is going to happen because some billionaire with an ego problem unilaterally controls a massive communication platform and skews it because Tucker Carlson or Peter Thiel took him to dinner and made him feel special. Now, Elon Musk commented on this and said, stop hitting on me. I'm really shy. And AOC responded, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Zuckerberg. And then she deleted it because she realized, damn, I don't think Zuckerberg ever went to dinner with Peter Thiel or Tucker Carlson. That was Elon Musk. And everyone knew I was talking about Elon Musk. And I knew I was talking about Elon Musk. And Elon knew I was talking about Elon. But I tried to, you know, play it off. But then everyone realized I was lying. So then I had to delete that. So she leaves this tweet up. And the reason why I bring it up as well, too, is because Let's talk about all of the riots that did happen in 2020 because a billionaire with an ego problem unilaterally controlled a massive communication platform and skewed it. You remember how George Floyd was murdered because there was a knee on his neck, but in reality, he died from a fentanyl overdose. Do you remember all of the black hate crimes that were committed by police officers that were actually skewed because people on Twitter were allowed to run rampant and anybody that was actually telling the truth about what was happening or going and covering the destruction of the BLM riots that our media painted as, you know, mostly peaceful was deleted off of Twitter? Yeah, real funny, AOC. It seems like you only care about it when it's, a you know, your billionaire 
or a billionaire that does not agree with you or isn't on your side. It seems like that's the only time that you care. Another just hilarious hypocrisy coming from the left about Elon Musk taking over Twitter because that, you know, it's still going to be in the news. The left is mad about everything under the sun and I love to freaking see it. So that's another issue, okay? We're kind of jumping all over the place here, but I'm kind of just highlighting in multiple aspects the insanity of the modern day, the hypocrisy that is consistently coming out of this administration. Um, you know, going back to that meme that I had started off with, I was talking about the border too because that's another pivotal issue happening in this country. We had uh, the DHS head, Alejandro Mayorkas, admitting that they've released at least 800 and 36,000 illegal immigrants into the U.S. since January of 2021. Let's go ahead and listen. DHS has directly released at least 836,000 aliens into the United States since January 21st. Then you add the 207,000 unaccompanied alien children, UACs. And then your Border Patrol estimates somewhere from 200 to 400,000 gotaways. In other words, encounters that uh, are not evade apprehension. So and, is that and gotaways have been a challenge from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. But th that matches your numbers roughly? I believe so. So that's all without Title 42 in place. I mean, with Title 42 in with place. With Title 42. When it's removed, you're going to see more numbers. So there you guys go. That's the state of illegal immigration in this country. That's as many illegals that they're willing to tell us they've led into this country. And keep in mind, that doesn't have to do with Godways. That doesn't even have to do with the numbers that we're seeing for, you know, 2022. I went and I talked to um, an official on the border and he was saying that here in Texas, they've already seen a million illegal crossings since January of this year. That's just here in Texas. So the amount of illegals that are being allowed to just, you know, catch and release into our country is astounding. The number has already reached into the millions. So um, again, what our country is currently going through, not good, not good guys, very bad. And on top of us being flooded, we're also dealing with supply chain issues that are happening because of Joe Biden from Bloomberg. Can the world feed itself? Historic fertilizer crunch threatens food security. For the first time ever, farmers the world over all at the same time are testing the limits of how little chemical fertilizers they can apply without devastating their yields come harvest time. Early predictions are bleak. Now, a lot of people were talking about how um, we're feeling this fertilizer crunch because Russia is one of the main exporters of this. And because of the war, we're feeling the crunch because of that. Um, another weird thing that's been happening is um, these food plants have been mysteriously burning down. Tucker Carlson actually did a piece on this with Jason Rance. I would highly suggest you guys go look at it. But he basically is talking about how strange it is that all of these food plants, like planes are crashing into them. They're just mysteriously burning down. Um, I have a little excerpt here, a little photo collage of all of those headlines that have come out over the past couple of months from both 2021 and 2022. I'll read off of some of the headlines here. Uh, cattle rescued after fire destroys a meat market. Fire shuts down Hot Pocket plant in Jonesboro. Crew battles major fire at Cobb County Meat Company. Fire shuts down Nebraska beef plant. Massive fire at Salinas food processing plant. Explosion causes fire at Oregon potato chip plant. Memphis fire um, at Kellogg's company. And the reason I got on this too was because there was a plane that had just crashed into another food processing plant that just came out a couple days ago. I don't have it open here. Um, 
But Joe Biden was already talking about how food shortages are coming. We're seeing all of these plants shut down. We're seeing the fertilizer crunch. We're seeing the media say things like this. Can pee help feed the world? Talking about how we may need to use human waste as fertilizer because of everything that we're experiencing with the with the farmers, with the food supply chain issues. So just to give you guys an example of what is coming. And then again, on top of all of that, you also have companies like BlackRock making life as hard as possible for the average American by by buying up all of the homes. So basically making everybody a renter, making it very difficult for the average American to own a home. Um, again, the New York City risk and investment management titan BlackRock is among several high-powered firms pushing working families out of the housing market and into rentals, therefore depriving them of capital and the opportunity to build credit and equity. According to the Wall Street Journal report, BlackRock, led by billionaire Lawrence Fink, is purchasing entire neighborhoods and converting single-family homes into rentals, while in cities like Houston, investors like Fink account for one quarter of the home purchasers. So we are being attacked from multiple angles here. Okay. It's not just, oh, supply chain issues are happening because of Russia and Ukraine. Well, the gas prices are going up because of Russia and Ukraine. No, it's because of the Biden administration. It's because of the corporations that are being allowed to prosper in this country. It's because of the evil that is being encouraged, all of the corruption and money laundering that is taking place in our own government and via these organizations. It's kind of insane to me. And we're all just kind of like, well, it is what it is Uh, from the Gateway Pundit too, just to, again, Jump back to the rising gas prices. Despite record paid at the pump, Joe Biden blocks oil drilling on millions of acres of U.S. lands. Gas prices have doubled since Joe Biden was elected in November of 2020. Despite the record pain at the pump, Joe Biden blocked oil drilling on millions of acres of U.S. land on Monday. From the Daily Caller, the Biden administration reversed a Trump-era policy on Monday that massively expanded the area available for fossil fuel leasing, even as gasoline prices remained near an all-time high. The The Bureau of Land Management issued a record of decision, reducing the land available for energy leasing in the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska to its level set in 2013. In June of 2020, Former Interior Secretary David Bernhardt finalized a decision allowing 18.6 million acres or 82% of the NPRA's subsurface estate to be open for oil and gas leasing. But today's decision ensures uh, blah, 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 that, yeah, basically they're going to be um, they're going to be more lease stipulations and operating procedures for threatened and endangered species to protect certain lands. So there you guys go. The Biden administration, again, blocking more oil drilling on millions of acres of U.S. land, despite record paying at the pump. So that is what this administration is allowing to prosper in this country. These are the various organizations that have been emboldened in America There are so many different levels and angles of attack that we're under every single day. So again, going back to the initial opening of this show, Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned, I think that this is a great victory and it's something that we should celebrate and be very, very excited for because we do know that the full force of the corporate media, corporations, the Biden administration, our deep state government, uh, you know, the new head of the disinformation governance board keeps trying to say, well, the deep state doesn't exist. Hmm. Well, then how is all of this being allowed to prosper? Now, one of the politicians that has been 
viciously attacked, who they are currently trying to keep from being able to run again in Georgia is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And why is that? It's because she tells the truth. I want to play this video. It's a little bit long, but it's well worth listening to in its entirety of Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about how our taxpayer dollars are used so irresponsibly by Congress. Let's listen. American people are $29 trillion in debt. Thanks to Congress. And this Congress wants to borrow more money and more time to figure out how to run the government and how to pay for it. That is, that is an outrage to the American people. You want to talk about courage and responsibility? Do you know what courage and responsibility is? It's, it's learning how to manage the people's money. The people work hard every single day. They have to pay the taxes and then they have to trust this house this body and the Senate to create a budget, but every single time it's a budget that puts them further and further in debt. It is an audacity, the audacity of Congress to borrow more money and not be able to come up with a budget that makes sense and that we can pay for. What an outrage. What an irresponsibility. That isn't courage. That is not responsibility. That is out of control behavior that this Congress needs to rein in. This government should be shut down. You want to know why it should be shut down? Because the people in here, the people in here cannot control themselves. The people in here don't understand how to balance a checkbook. And the people in here do not deserve, deserve the responsibility on how to spend the American people's money. $29 trillion dollars. $29 trillion, Madam Speaker. Shut General it down. Time is Just a round of applause for Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's why they want to cancel her. That's why the entire force of the Democratic Party is trying to destroy her, because she cares about the American constituent and how our taxpayer dollars are being spent. So... Things do seem dark, but this potential overturning of Roe v. Wade, a huge win, Marjorie Taylor Greene even being in Congress and being a spokesperson for not only Georgia, but all American people, a huge win. Ron DeSantis, this comes from Fox 13 Tampa Bay, signing a bill to require high school students in Florida to take a financial literacy class in order to graduate, including lessons on credit scores, managing credit card debt types, types of bank accounts to open, and how to file your taxes. This is what our politicians should be doing and big ups and big props to Ron DeSantis for being one of the few members of Congress, a part of, you know, politics, or I guess he would be a member of the, you know, yeah, Congress. He's willing to speak for his constituents, help his constituents. And we need politicians like Marjorie Taylor Greene, like Ron DeSantis to continue to stand up for us. And the people that will be running for the 2022 midterms are incredible. We have people like Royce White, who is going to be running in, I believe it's, uh, where is Ilhan Omar at? Minnesota. He's going to be running for Congress in Minnesota against Ilhan Omar. He said, if I held a press conference tomorrow, walked out with a dress on and said I was a woman now, I would immediately be hailed as an icon. That's not a knock on LGBTQ citizens, but it certainly is an indictment of mainstream media and pop culture. What's wrong with being a straight biological man? So one of the people that is running, I believe Ilhan Omar is 
in, let me make sure that's correct here. Ilhan Omar, yep, Minnesota. Yes, so he will be running against Ilhan in Minnesota. We also have people like Blake Masters, who is running for, I believe, Senate in Arizona, who is running on no citizenship for people who come here illegally ever. He clarifies that includes minors, aka dreamers. These are the type of people that we need to elect into office to fundamentally change this entire country. And it's great to see the lineup of people we have running for the 2022 midterms. That is why they had to leak the Roe v. Wade potential decision. That is why they had to change the entire direction and decision making of, I guess, the, the uh, you know, average American who is going to be casting a ballot. They want everybody focused in on the abortion issue. They don't want everybody focused in on the open borders, on the attack on straight men, on the attack on tradition in our country, the attack on just the American people as a whole via the supply chain and via rising gas prices, all of these various issues that have been allowed to prosper. So, um, let's see what else here. I don't have too, too much time today. So let me just go ahead and quickly run through a couple of these things. I also mentioned Pelosi visiting Ukraine. She went and visited Ukraine before she even visited the Tenderloin district, the same district, her district specifically, that she has destroyed and ruined. I'm not joking when I tell you San Francisco looks like Ukraine post-war and that's just how it looks like, it, you know, at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, because that is what Nancy Pelosi has allowed allowed to prosper in her in her city. So she goes to Ukraine, these politicians going to a foreign country, caring more about the citizens over there, spending your taxpayer dollars over there than here at home, actually fixing the issues that they have allowed to prosper. Um, speaking of Ukraine as well. The heroic ghost of Kiev fighter doesn't actually exist, Ukraine admits. We already all knew this, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because the ghost of Kiev died. And I saw this headline on Drudge Report, which I believe gets about a million clicks per day. So a lot of people go to that site to read their news. One of the headlines, Ghost of Kiev Dies, and then many media sites running with that being like, oh my gosh, the ghost of Kiev died. And then a couple days later being like, well, actually the ghost of Kiev was never real, but he got killed in the press and he was a spirit. So one of our pilots who we felt like had the spirit of the ghost of Kiev, he died. So we're going to give him a name. And the reason they did this is because they pushed this propaganda on us, this war propaganda to get us into war, to get us to send more money to this foreign country, to start these proxy wars in these foreign areas that we should not be involved in. And they use propaganda like the ghost of Kiev or the Snake Island story to continue that. Now, let's focus in on Ukraine and then tie it back to here at home and our disinformation governance board and what's going to be coming for us. This is a video out of Ukraine where the Ukrainian government is arresting anybody who's pro-Russia or as they would label it, a pro-Russia apologist. Let's watch. So it says Ukraine hunts down traitors helping Russia. Ukrainian security services in the northeastern city of Kharkiv are moving in to arrest a man suspected of collaborating with Russia. Working with Russian forces or publicly denying the invasion can result in stiff prison sentences. Nearly 400 people have been arrested under a recently enacted law in Kharkiv alone. This man is being arrested because of social media posts praising the Russian president, calling for secession and insulting the Ukrainian flag.
You supported Putin. Are you supporting the Russian army? The Ukrainian government official is asking this man. You're not speaking very nicely about the Ukrainian flag, are you? And then he says, I'm sorry. He said, yes, I commented a lot. I told you I changed my mind because he has a guy in like full freaking military gear, head to toe, decked out. They are terrorizing him. He says, today after our visit right now, you changed your mind. And the guy goes, yes, yes, I changed my mind. So here is the Ukrainian government. Oh, they say, get your things and get dressed. He's asking what will happen. They're saying nothing is going to happen. He asks, where are you taking me? They say, all will be in accordance with Ukrainian law. So I want you guys to watch what's happening, okay? In Ukraine right now with people who dissent against the government over there and understand that the disinformation governance board that is being enacted here in America, that will be our future. Oh, well, we see here on this post that you spoke very poorly about the LGBTQ flag. Uh, we see here that you don't like Joe Biden. We see here that you were actually spreading disinformation that rising gas prices were because of Joe Biden not Russia. We're going to have to take you away here. Don't worry. Everything that we do to you, aka making you a political prisoner, will all be in accordance with the law. Don't worry. You know, the laws that we made. So understand what's going to be coming uh, here. Also, too, just to highlight again how the militia wing of the Democratic Party has been enacted. This was in Portland on April 30th this past weekend. Explosive and explosives and paints were thrown at Republican rally goers and families supporting Oregon gubernatorial candidate Stan Pulliam, who is the mayor of Sandy, Oregon. Let's go ahead and watch that quick clip so we can all understand what is going on in this country with the militia wing of the Democrat Party. So here's Portland, just a regular day. Oh, you're a Republican? No longer are we going to have the crime and the mayhem. We want the roses back. We're tired of the riots. We so communities here in our state. There are actual domestic terrorists throwing smoke bombs at grandmas because they were supporting their Republican candidate. We will not be intimidated. They're in all black, waving their black flags attacking people because they are supporting a Republican. Understand where this country is at. We will not be intimidated. Somebody call PD. So a little example of what happened in Portland this past weekend, what will be happening in cities all across the nation ahead of the 2022 midterms, the militia wing of the Democrat Party, a.k.a. the domestic terrorists that have been allowed to run our streets, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, will make their resurgence. We'll also have the uh, women's rights activists, if that's what you want to call them. I just call them pro-death advocates um, or murderers. You're going to have all of these people in the streets terrorizing looting, rioting, actually committing acts of domestic terrorism, and they will not only be propped up, but they will be encouraged by our government and our media. Now, I'm going to end this. I have so many other stories I didn't get to, but unfortunately, uh, I'm taking off back to California here in a couple of hours. I'll also be on the Buck Sexton show later today, so tune in for that. So I'm going to end on this. So this was an MSNBC excerpt from one of their segments. 
where one of their, what's, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name. And I don't even pull these videos because it's just such a waste of my time and energy. Uh, but this guy is on NBC on a show quoted saying, if the neo-Nazi faction of the GOP expands in November, we may look back on this as a pivotal moment when a petulant and not so bright billionaire casually bought one of the most influential messaging machines and just handed it to the far right. So again, the media so upset because they no longer have control of Twitter. They no longer have it to fortify elections with. They no longer have it to spread their propaganda with. They no longer have the power. So they are now labeling all of us as neo-Nazis and they're mad at Elon Musk and they're calling him a petulant, not so bright billionaire because he casually bought one of the most influential messaging machines, which I'm glad that they're admitting to now, but they're saying he's handing it over to the far right. And then uh, Elon Musk replies saying, NBC basically saying Republicans are Nazis, same organization that covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story at Harvard. Harvey Weinstein story early and killed it and built Matt Lauer's rape office. Lovely people. He also called out Ghislaine Maxwell and asked, um, hey, where's the client list? How come we've never heard of that before? Where, where did that go? So we are winning, everybody. The left has been allowed to prosper for far too long in this country. Satanism and all of the degeneracy and just the degradation of our nation has been allowed to prosper for far too long. But guess what? Not even just the right, but just common sense Americans are starting to take back everything. We will take back our country. We will win because God always wins in the end. And with that, I do have to go. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. Please, again, remember, if you do like the show, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a thumbs up on YouTube. Go follow on Rumble, Odyssey, all of the various uh, platforms that I'm on. And please go to Saf says official dot com i will be working with um another fun organization that many of you like here this week um i'll keep you guys updated on when those videos and when those projects will be coming out and then uh, hopefully i'll be making my way to dc to give you guys more on the ground reporting about what's happening over there again my name is savannah hernandez thank you so much for tuning in